story. Welcome back to another episode of Pilot Boys. I am your host. My name is Caesar, and today I have a wonderful guest. It's Karen. Hello. <laughs> and today we're doing Watchmen, the show based on, loosely based on, the comic book created by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. And it was developed slash created by, I guess, by Damon Lindenoff of Lost and Leftovers fame, which you and I were big fans of. Well, leftovers. I never watched Lost. No, you like Lost. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I like. I'm, I'm saying I love right it. I love it without ever I'm watching it, right it. Yeah. So, what did you think of the first episode? How it did was, you feel about it? Uh, what it were you, was, okay, hold on. What oh, were you expecting? Whoa. What were you expecting going in? And how did you feel by the end of it? I and you know this. I don't have any background in terms of like Watchmen. Mm-hmm. So I, while I was intrigued by all of the like. By the trailers and like the marketing for it, mm-hmm. I was a little wary because I was like, "Ugh, like, am I not going to be able to enjoy it?" Because I don't have like the Watchmen background in mm. terms of like having read the comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched the movie, but I only watched it like once. You know, it's interesting that you point out like it almost feels like a kind of like a a lack of something. That you're kind of identifying with attached to this show? Like, you didn't read it, therefore you can't be excited for it because you didn't read it? Is that, is that what I'm picking up? Just, like, in terms of how people talk about The Watchmen, like, the comics, it just feels like it's such a dense piece of, like, comic book history. Mm, it's like that book. Yeah, you know, it's almost book. like... It's almost like the history of, like, the Lord of the Rings, you know? Yeah. Like, there's just such an extensive... Like, so much has been said about it. So much has been written about it. What was and, it like? like is it like about it. Fear... Philosophized about it. Is it kind of like fear of the fandom? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm glad we brought that up because there is kind of this interesting kind of thing going on with the fandom of of Watchmen, which I think kind of like nicely relates to some of the themes and kind of like important things about the show. So we'll talk about that a little later. Yeah, so like at least for going going into it, I was wary that I was not going to enjoy it as much because I thought I wasn't going to be able to really understand connect and like connect that level. Gotcha. At, like on the fandom level. Yeah. What about you? For me, I mean, it was everything I wanted. Like I've been a fan of this since like high school and i'm a fan of damon lindenoff so if those two people or like this property that i like and someone who's such a big you know like is if there is an equivalence of an auteur for tv he definitely is that like he's very much that guy he has a a, a surrounding and like his kind of pieces of media do a lot in terms of like mystery and like there's a lot going on always which i always appreciate I mean, I think Noah Halley is also one right now, the Legion Fargo guy. But yeah, I mean, it had all these things that, obviously, when they announced that it was going to be 34 years or 30 years afterwards, I'm instantly fascinated. And I'm glad that they decided not to kind of remake it again, because we already have, like, the most faithful adaptation, which I think the movie is one of the most faithful adaptations. So, I mean, there are some differences between the movie and the comic. And then there was like the ultimate director's cut where it was like three hours long, four hours, three and a half hours long where like he did it exactly the way they did it in the comic. Who directed the, the movie? Zack Snyder. Oh, yeah. But I mean, the, that that's enough about that. I don't think we need to really get into yeah, I that mean, necessarily. So I was relieved when I realized that it was not necessarily set like, right after Watchmen. Yeah, like, you didn't need it, but it definitely gives you a little extra. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you, it's like, it's like you know, a little book, bonus hits. Yeah, know? exactly. I mean, but I think that no matter what, and I think what is approachable about Watchmen is that it's a very condensed story. It ended. But this is, like, kind of the continuation of it. 
But it is kind of a standalone thing. I think that the reason why it's so popular outside of like just comic book nerds is that it really transcended. Like it, it breached like literary, you know, circles. Like it was, it's that kind of comic. So to me, I don't think about it necessarily as just like essential comic book reading. I just think about it as like essential reading, like just in general, because it deals with a lot of issues that are kind of circulating through popular culture, especially now surrounding like superheroes. But we'll get into all that. So I'll, I want to go into a recap real quick. So 34 is 30, 34s. 34s. 34 years. 34 score. 34 scores later. 34 years after the events of Watchmen. No, you should say it like uh, in SpongeBob. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Try it out at least. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh. a terrorist group called the 7th Cavalry, which is based on Rorschach's kind of, you know, ideology, begins to resurface. And in the current world, the identities of cops are hidden and they don't have like free use of their weapons. One night after a cop is shot by one of the 7th Cavalry terrorists, the police chief announces that there's going to be a hunt for them. And this vigilante named Sister Knight hears about, you know, the, the call to response. And she goes, finds one of the members, and then she brings them to the other vigilantes in there, interrogate them, find the stronghold. There's a firefight. It leads into the air. They blow up this plane. The episode with ends a character death. with a character death. And it's kind of this mystery of, like how he died and there's this man next to him in a wheelchair so that's very like damon lindenoff esque we're like what the fuck is happening kind of shit before we come to understand the current world of watchmen there is this flashback to 1920s there was this attack in tulsa by the ku klux klan where they shot a bunch of black people it was known as the black wall street yeah, and then Massacre. this family takes this child and kind of helps them escape. So the child becomes orphaned. Yes. Out uh, in the outskirts of Oklahoma, of Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And on that same road is where the series really starts off, where the cop is shot by a member of the 7th Cavalry. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is Rorschach's identity as a conservative. So I guess this is where I, as comic book person, tell you about his, like, why to me it makes sense as a person who was a fan of the comic. In the comic, he's very much, like, talks about New York or kind of like the inner cities as this, like, gutter and, like, this I mean, they, they kind of regurgitate his sentiments when you hear the 7th Calvary talk. Like but a cesspool. It's, yeah, it's very much the idea that, like, this place is disease. You know what it reminds me of? Did you ever read or hear about the, what's what's the Cthulhu guy? H.P. Lovecraft. Lovecraft when, he dis, when he wrote about New York. And he wrote about it like it was like, you know, like there's all these liberals and intellectuals. It was also very racist, right? It was very racist and very, like... Is very coded and like the way he's talking about. So to me, you know, it's so like I kind of had this revelation seeing the trailer for the first time because I'm just like, you know, it makes the most sense that his ideology would become a fringe group or like, you know, kind of like similar to what's going on. And the way that he dies in the comic, which is spoilers for anyone who hasn't read it, read it or, 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 seen the movie he gets killed because he doesn't want to compromise his ideals of like agreeing to release the squid monsters or the bombs into the city and then everyone like the entire world unites in hating dr manhattan but rorschach is very much of the mind like i'm not going to compromise and hide behind you know the noble lie or whatever but the last thing he does is he gives his his journal full of all his 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 unsavory language about the city, and the per the the outlet that he gives it to is kind of this kind of right wing ish, alt right ish I guess at that point in the eighties, it's one of those publications. Mm. So, 
I know that they've released kind of like what's happened since in the 30 years, but to me, it makes perfect sense that his ideology would be used and weaponized in that way. Interpreted as racist. Yeah, because, I mean, if we think about it as like, you know, because Rorschach represents a working class hero in the way that like to go against like Trump, who is kind of like a hero to the working class, but he's not a working class hero. Like there's something about him that feels kind of rich versus Rorschach. He was like stinky. He was like crude. He like didn't give a shit. You know, he, he was very much one of those people. Mm-hmm. And now he's kind of like he's the a martyr, hero. Right? Yeah, like... exactly. He became a hero, but to like, I don't know. I don't want to say rednecks, but essentially. Yeah. I mean, he was the only one that was brave enough to tell the truth. No? Hmm. Are you saying like that's the way they see it? That's the way they see it. Yes. I mean, okay, so there's a lot of things that we can unpack in terms of like how he became Rorschach as a character in the real world and in the, the, the world of the show. He became kind of this figure that like people like to idolize, like like a Tyler Durden, a V for Vendetta, like one of those kind of like dudes. It's it's kind of like a, a performance of masculinity or like mm-hmm. this performance of kind of like ruggedness or, you know, uncompromising kind of shit. But like Alan Moore has even gone on record saying like I created him as a parody of like these kinds of people. Like this is what Batman would have been if he was real, like a gross kind of guy. So how do you think, like now that I've, I've given you a little bit of the backstory, how do you think that fit? Or worked for the new story. So knowing that. (laughs) Knowing that. I think it makes a lot of sense. That it would. Become. A bible. To like a marginalized group. Or they Mm -hmm. feel that they're marginalized right. Mm -hmm. Because at at least from what we know of. In these 30 years. The things called red ferations. And you mm. want to talk about it later, right? Yeah, we'll get into like the race stuff later. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of impossible not to dip your toes in both because they are a hate group. Yeah, and I this mean, show is kind of you know what it seems like. Yeah, like in this universe, like reparations did happen, mm-hmm. and now the systems of power that were in place before no longer exist, and so to the people that benefited from those systems of power they would feel like they're now a marginalized group yeah right and so upholding rorschach as like a beacon of like uncompromising yeah like masculinity and you know idealism well to what they think is idealism right like it, it makes perfect sense that he's like the one to inspire them no. I mean, yeah, I, I 100% agree. So how do you relate that to kind of the, the fringe groups now? Do you think that this is like a direct response with that? Did it feel like both a natural selection based on the story elements and what's going on? Like, how do you how do you relate that to what's going on? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, this is just the first episode. I feel like it very easily relates. Like, it's very, very, like, out the gate, like, you know? Yeah, but, like, isn't that, like, what's scary about it? That, like, it's so, like, there's such an easy line to draw from what's going on in real, like, real world politics to what's going on in this universe. I mean, even today, Richard Spencer, it came out, like, recordings of him saying all the shit that people have been saying that he says, but he said it explicitly. I'm he, he basically just like he was like a bunch of racial slurs and like he was saying like those enslaved people like he talked about how what was going on in Charlottesville like he wanted that to happen again but he's very so the difference between and this is interesting because like the difference between like the fringe groups here portrayed and the fringe groups kind of today and like the ideology driven ones and even, you know, we watched that video that I showed you, the, the alt-right playbook. There is an, this nature of, like, being hidden in plain sight. 
like you you know that you have these beliefs but you don't really engage with it directly like you don't say the n-word you don't say you know like you don't do these these very like obvious kind of like yeah like everything is coded that, that you know show that you were like old school racist because then like it's easy to hide that you are racist yes because you're not explicitly saying things so the difference between the the, the real life kind of you know fringe groups is that they hide behind like i don't know these these personas or like these ideologies versus these guys it's almost like i think that the show is kind of showing them as they really are like you know they they traded the hood like the the white the, cloak for mm-hmm. a, another mask. mask and the mask i think in real life is like these ideology things of like you know, we we just have these these figures that we follow versus like in the show they just have one figure that they follow, but it's kind of a figure that encompasses a lot of the things that are very similar and kind of like continue to come up in American culture. Do you feel like the like rise of this ideology is kind of this role reversal of like? kind of the white question like where do white people fit in like uh i'm still trying to figure this out i think and bear with me because i'm not probably gonna make a lot of sense but like i feel that the reason why the seventh calvary as a fringe group or as a terrorist group kind of rose is because there is kind of this anxiety that white people have of like they're taking away what we knew to be like our identity, I guess, or like the things that made up who we were, like the idea of whiteness. And I feel like a lot of the characters, not just the fringe groups of the, of of the, uh, you know, the seventh Calvary. I think that they are kind of this, like, I don't know, this like anti woke kind of progressiveness. And I think that's also attached to like pro white sentiment. And I feel like that is kind of the seventh Calvary in this. It is trying to answer the idea of like what it means or like the assault on whiteness, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. And I think, I mean, I, I think that the episode is really dense, um, but I think it's very well constructed in the way that it shows us the world these people will live in without mm-hmm. explicitly telling us, right? Sure. And so throughout the episode, we see this imagery of, like, you know, when uh, Regina King's character is walking down the street to her bakery, we see, like, this, like, very vibrant, like, town center full of, like, black imagery and, like, like cultural imagery. Which is a direct, like, it's, like, almost the exact opposite of what the other world was like there, there's this guy holding up this sign that says the future is bright which is supposed to be like a direct antithesis of like the end is nigh mm-hmm. yeah so there's like the sense that like at least in Tulsa who knows about other parts of the country mm-hmm. right like there's like a vibrant black community and there's pride in that mm-hmm. but then you see the centers well, then you see where, um, you know, Sister Knight, Regina King's yeah. vigilante name, where she goes to find the ter- the, the person she thinks that is in the 7th Cavalry. Mm-hmm. He's living in a trailer park. Yeah. And, you know, all around that trailer park is like, fuck retrodations. Um, I think it's like a Nixon park, tra- yeah. a Nixon named trailer park. And so, yeah, I mean, like the show is saying or not maybe not saying but showing that like white people in this universe are at like are on the fringes because of red fredations we'll see all right so this is this is i think part of the reason why it's hard to answer some of these questions is we obviously don't know the specifics of the world yet but i think that it's so fascinating because 
we want to know. And it's like a complete role reversal. I mean, all right. So here's here's the examples of role reversal that I, I saw. The image of like a black cop holding a cop, like holding a light while, white co- while a white person is being pulled over. Mm-hmm. And he is very much in the position of power at that point. But then the cop, like, I think in the show, it does this thing where, like, it makes you care about the people that you traditionally care about less in situations like that. Like, if it were a role reverse, we would totally be, you know, we would care about the black person being pulled over by the cop. But in this case, we see the cop feeling threatened by a white person, even though that he's the cop, which is like a complete like it's a new thing. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's something that hasn't really been explored, I think. And I think that this is an interesting way to explore it, especially because like the idea behind a lot of these fringe groups is that like they're taking away our identity, like they're taking away our culture, which is whiteness. So I feel like this show is kind of dealing with that ID- identity, like the white question, like, where does that leave us? Mm-hmm. Like, if this administration or the, the previous administration, the Redford administration, prefers black people or, like, has given them these reparations, I think that that creates, like, a crisis for white people saying, like, well, where does that leave us? Mm-hmm. Which I think gets into the idea of like division amongst class lines and racial lines where like a rich black person or like a well-off black person might suffer through his own, you know, kind of oppressions and, and things like that. And a poor white person will suffer through his own oppressions, but it's hard to unify in, in those, those oppressions because you've created these lines of class and of race. Mm-hmm. And I think that the show is dealing with that in a new way that is, is hard to kind of deal with. Yeah. But um, it's also hard to really truly nail what the show is do- or like the specifics of the universe because we just know what we know based on the first episode. Right? Yeah, but it's also hard to know what the show is trying to say because if that were true then that would mean that like the show is kind of like identifying with whiteness. Like yeah. it's it's kind of sympathizing for it, but I don't think that the show is necessarily doing that. Cuz I think that it is kind of like I don't know. It, see that this is this is why I, I'm I'm trying to still work through it. I don't mm. know if the show is trying to deal like with saying like this kind of, you know, practice of whiteness whether it's it's you know because it's it is kind of like toxic this 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 toxic version of whiteness are they trying to sympathize with it mm. is that what the show is 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 saying or do you think it's just like I think they are to an extent to an extent mm. I I don't think that this episode at least paints. Any side is innocent. Or as the good guy. Hmm. Necessarily. Because... I think I I disagree. Because we don't get any motivations from the 7th Gallery. They're not real people. Yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we don't understand their inner life. We don't understand what their motivations are. Whereas we do get to see the inner life of... Exactly. But we get to see the inner life of... Not necessarily of black people, but of... Police and vigilantes. Yes. Because we also get to see the inner life of the police chief or, right, chief, sheriff? Yeah. You know, and he's white. Yeah. So it's not necessarily drawing a line of race yet. I mean, we can speculate that that's definitely at the forefront, right? Yeah. But at least in the first episode, I think it's drawing the lines between police and... Citizen? Citizens. Citizens. Mm. See, but I, I don't. I don't think that that's necessarily true. Because if not, they would have chose other characters to follow. To, to follow instead of like a like I think the show is very obviously drawing the line by choosing a black cop pulling over a white person. Yeah. Then, no. Definitely. 
So I, I think that the, the show is engaging with race. I just feel like I don't like, was it simply for the fact of like, let's roll reverse this. Like, let's put a black cop and a white, you know, person being, being pulled over. Is it for optics? Is it to like kind of show that, or maybe it's like a posture thing, like to show that things have, you know, come a long way in this world where like, is it like posture politics where like we put this person in this role and the other person in that role only to show that like things haven't changed. It's just new roles. Like there is still Mm -hmm. this like inherent, there's like deep entrenched kind of like racism and systemic issues that are weaved or baked but in in between kind of like the systems of the world you know like just because there is you know the quote-unquote reparations doesn't mean that everybody's happy with them like Mm -hmm. even a little kid is aware that there is kind of like this unrest of like why did they get it you know yeah like i think the show is still dealing with the same issues even though there is kind of this posturing or like this kind of newfound progression yeah i mean i think it brings up all of these issues but at least for me you know like these are all very interesting scenarios to put forth in a show right Mm -hmm. but i don't at least for me i don't think it's necessarily i i have not reached a conclusion if it's necessarily saying anything about about any of these things really based on based on the first episode, like I, I don't know what it's saying you know because sometimes sometimes shows or movies or you know works of fiction or whatever put in these scenarios to put in the scenarios and at the end of the day they don't really say anything hmm. they're just like wouldn't this be an interesting thought see i disagree because i think that the show since the beginning of the episode has the idea of race ever present like the idea of race is ever present throughout the entire episode so much so that like it almost feels like maybe this is this is like getting into the head of of the critiques of it but since the first scene it opens with like this guy this guy in white and this guy in black kind of chasing it's, it's essentially like a small story about who watches the watchman who watches the sheriff and it's another guy essentially because the the first the the first scene is the sheriff getting pulled over by another sheriff essentially so the show opens with the idea of like who watches the watchman and that idea of who watches the watchman continues to pop up throughout but yeah i think it starts off but it also like just through optics it starts off as black and white so it talks about that the show is going to be about black and white whether that's race whether that's evil and good I think that the show is trying to say something directly about race. And I think that it put its best foot forward in like creating the world and how race kind of operates and is really like one of the dominant things that is operating throughout the world of these characters and the way that that kind of manifests through, I don't know, like surveillance or like the idea of, I don't know, like who's protectors or protecting. There is a constant theme of like protection from like when the kid has to leave his his, from the kid when the kid gets put inside the care like you know that that Mm -hmm. that compartment it's all about protecting and like i think that the idea of race is very much ever present throughout the entire first episode and i think it is saying something about how maybe maybe this is just my theory what if it's a warning like this is what would happen if that happened not saying it as a judgment or not even like a prophecy but like i think that the way to deal with the perceived loss of whiteness is not as easy as just like you know get over it kind of shit it is i mean i don't know it's hard to i've said this to you many times but i do think that kind of like the what People go through when you present these ideas of like them being different, even though that's what they've been doing their entire lives, is a crisis. Like when you tell someone that 
who you were, what you were, and like everything you did is no longer right, that's mm-hmm. a crisis. They're no longer one to be that way. But now they have, you know, like a figure to kind of get behind and who's a martyr and like mm-hmm. it has similar ideology. So I think that the show is dealing with all these 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 things. The reparations thing is very obvious because that's been an issue for as long as like Americans, you know, recent history, like 100 years or so. Yeah. Like what if this is saying like if that were to happen, that would create an even bigger divide. And I'm not so sure that that's far off. If there was reparations, I think there would be an even bigger divide. Mm-hmm. And I think the show is kind of dealing with that. Yeah. It is kind of like a soft sci-fi-ish, but also not. I mean, there's a parallel universe to our own where superheroes and vigilantes exist and can be part of the police force now. Yeah. No, but yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I think what the benefit that Watchmen had at the time of the 80s was like it was able to kind of heighten all these things that were going on in the 80s. The idea of, like, nuclear meltdown, the idea of, like, there not being enough time. Mm -hmm. This one is more obsessed with the current fascinations of Americans, especially now. And I think race is a huge part of it. Yeah. And so is, like, vigilantism or protection as it relates to, like, cops and shit. I guess it's not that I I wasn't, I mean, I'm agreeing with you. I wasn't saying that it's not dealing with these things. Obviously, it's dealing with these things. I'm saying that, like, at least with, like, Lindelof shows. Mm -hmm. Right? Lindelof? Lindelof. Lindelof? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Anyway, at least with the shows, doesn't he always end things in kind of very ambiguous terms? Yeah. So that they are, like, very dissected. And it's also very hard to, like, interpret. No? Like... Yes. But like, it's hard to find a thesis. Those are what narrative I'm things. What we're talking about are kind of like mechanical, like things that the world operates on. Because the mystery is like, who is this old man? You know, like, what happened to the world? But I think that what's not as mysterious is kind of like the things that we're living with now and the way that they manifest in the show. I think that the show is very much dealing with those things. In the first episode, I think. It does it, it does a pretty good job at like bringing all that and putting it in the first episode. So you understand that these things will continue to be part of the world. I think what you're talking about is more like kind of narrative things. Like things that move the story along. Yes, he's very good at like hiding those things and misdirecting. You don't really know whatever what was really going on but you still you know like even in the leftovers we understand that the world is a world where a percentage of the population ran away that's not a mystery we know that that is we don't know why it happened we just know that there but is the kind end of, of this... that show like what did he say about like what was the thesis of the show at the end of leftovers dealing with loss that's what it's about more than anything it's about dealing with loss so and, in like, terms moving... of the thesis of this, this show what would be the thesis of it Dealing with the current politics of identity and race identity in the current world. And I think that there's so many ways that that manifests, especially with fringe groups now. Like they're, they exist because they want to get rid of people, you know, like that's kind of their identity. They rose to prominence because they like to hate people. That's, I mean, that's what I think. I think that it's it's more of like a things that make up the world than it is like the mystery of like the racial stuff doesn't seem like the mystery of the world to me. All right. So here's one of the things that you and I, I don't, I don't know if we disagreed, but you had an issue with the way Sister Knight kind of just went after one of the suspects. Right. Talk about that. What about that? Like threw you off. Like, cause I mean, obviously you think he's, he's like, he's guilty in the end, but the way that she went about it kind of rubbed you the wrong way or. Yeah. Like to me, it just seemed that in this universe, things aren't much different. Yeah. Uh, 
I think, you know, well, I don't know. Like, well, I think one of the things that we haven't really talked about, which I don't think is necessarily analogous or relevant necessarily, but I, I, I thought about it. Like, I think the issue now that maybe he's kind of linked to this is the issue of police brutality, which we didn't mention, and how you know that is one of the things that we're dealing with today but here it's a different it's river it's not reverse i don't like we get to see i don't know it's like it's an odd thing because like the only person who does have unchecked discretion are the vigilantes but it does seem like they there's like an uh it's like by any means necessary you know like but it also seems like the other law enforcement have agreed to that being okay kind yeah. of thing. Like, perhaps the regular police officers can't be the ones, you know, to break the law necessarily, but the vigilantes can. And that's yeah. okay. As long as it, like, produces results. Yeah. And in this case, it produced results. But, you know, if that were in our universe, would we be okay with that? Hmm. Well, no, I don't think so. But also, like, I think what you're getting at is that, like, there are already these role reversals in the show where, like, you know, black cop pulls over a white guy. But, like, I guess this role reversal is that it's someone coming after a white person in a way that, like, if it were a black person, we'd be upset about. Mm -hmm. It, It is, it's, like... It's hard to. It's hard to say that out loud. Right? Yeah, but it's like, also like you're meeting your that same aggression with similar aggression. It's almost like the whole the quote of like you can't undo the master's house with the master's tools kind of shit. Mm. Like you're fighting this like injustice by committing another injustice, and I mean we could argue about whether or not the ends justify the means. I'm of the belief. That they do because he ended up being a racist. Yeah, like in this case, like it was like wish fulfillment. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, like she went in there and like she like found him and justice was had this day. But you're worried more about the times when it doesn't pan out like that. Yeah, like it panned out this time, but mm-hmm. will it pan out every time? Yeah. And what if this was, you know, like a white man, a white vigilante going in and like beating up, yeah, like a black person in his own house. Yeah, I think the show does present that without being like, you know, like that 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 guy who like is that straw man shit of like, you know, if the roles were reversed, like you guys wouldn't like this kind of shit. Yeah. Like it does, it doesn't breach that territory, but it, it does present it in a way that like. You digest it, but you don't really think about that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't, if you just watch it, you're just like, oh, you know, like, you can easily just be like, oh, that guy was terrible. We're okay with it. But actually, like, it is a violation. Yeah. I mean, only if you, like, look at the system. Again, like, it was, like, ultimate wish fulfillment. Like, we wish that was possible now. Yeah. Right? Like, like, a. Punching a Nazi, I think you said. Yeah, that's what I, I brought up. To, yeah. Would, but at, at least it just raises, like it doesn't make me feel good that vigilantism, kind, it is a gray area in this universe. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's, like that's it's like, more a gray area than it was kind of like a, a black area in the original comic like heroes for the most part were not that good versus here the way they operate in the gray is generally pretty good at this point we can assume but then that also assumes that like we identify with the cops yeah like yeah i think that that maybe that's what i I'm trying to wrap my head around in terms of like the show. In this show, we're identifying with the cops of this universe. Yeah. Whereas we wouldn't genuinely identify. Well, this with the cops. this conversation that we're currently in 
segues perfectly into my next question. Is this a pro cop show? Yeah. Think so? Yeah. I mean, again, like that's, I feel like that's what I was trying to say. But it's taken away two of their like crucial things. But then also, like as soon as, like, okay, a cop was shot. That is a tragedy because he was innocent. He was just doing his job. Mm-hmm. Right. But as soon as he was shot and like, I mean, I guess they, they sent out a video. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just like a very. He's saying they don't very, deserve. No, be- I'm just saying like very quickly the rules that were in place for them. Right. Like the idea of like them not having a gun or not like needing special permission to use their gun very quickly they did away with that they're just like yeah like let's just get rid of this law like this this not law like let's just get rid of this rule and in all of that there was just one person that was in the contrary dissenting yeah like one dissenting dissenting opinion yeah i don't know i don't understand I'm just saying like these rules are very easily broken. Are they though? If you shoot someone on the street, shouldn't your response be, you know, meet that with a, an aggression or like prepare yourself for that sort of aggression? So if one person gets shot, then then you're allowed. To then shoot cops back. are allowed to to shoot back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that guy became a martyr for the cops. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not dead, but he became like the re. I mean, I, I I much prefer there being a reason behind the weapons ban being lifted lifted than to just freely use them because you didn't you didn't you know you just chose to. I feel like in this world, there is more accountability to weapons. Hmm. And the way that weapons are used. I mean, I think that the show will definitely get into how that gray area can be perverted and used to their own gain. Yeah. Like, don't you think that they might be trying to, like, pull one over on the audience? Like, the cops are actually the bad guys? Or there's something more underneath like the surface of what we were presented perhaps i don't know like this is why like i don't know i'm, I'm thinking i'm trying to think of like so you're what's trying the to twist? you're trying to think about like, like you're what's trying the to twist? predict like, the twist yeah like you're, you're trying to you're, you're trying to figure out if the show is playing with the idea of like who is actually the good guy or bad guy yeah like who gets this who who gets to decide who's a good guy and who's a bad guy mm, okay Based on public perception. Yeah, perhaps. Especially if, like, Watchmen ended on that note, too. Like, the original comics ended on that note. Like, we we don't know yet if the show is kind of presenting the Like, should we take it all at face value? Yeah, should we take it all at face value? Or is there something else that we're missing? But I do think that the first episode wants you to believe that they're the good guys. Yes. Which is why it was such so like such a big, such a big deal when you see that role reversal of the first. You know when the guy gets pulled over, it was kind of like you can tell that this was like a a, a big difference. You know, like a new thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good speculation. I mean, I feel like you're just trying to get ahead of it instead of like actually dissecting what was shown. But isn't that the point of the show too? Of like us. I mean, yeah. Talking about it, I don't. Know. I feel trying... like Lindenoff do- would do something like that. Exactly. Like I'm. I guess I'm trying to think of like a bigger picture because I know I've watched now one of his shows. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't like. I just think that there's going to be a lot to dissect, and there's going to be a lot of like playing with perception. And what I feel like it's who we be... think is a good guy and who we think is a bad guy and why we think that. I think it's going to end up being. Like, they're just going to present a bunch of ideas of, like, yeah, you know, like, what, what what difference is there between, you know, what you guys do and what we do, like, that kind of shit. Like, playing with that idea. But I think ultimately they're just fucking racist terrorists. Yeah. 
ultimately. I mean, but okay. I don't so know. at the end, though, at the end, there's a major character death, and that character to the audience, which is another role reversal, or not? I shouldn't say role reversal for that one. I think that's that's kind of odd, but. I there mean, is a, a little major... bit based on how he was killed. Yes, one of the char- one of the main one of the characters dies by being lynched to death. What were you going to say about that? Well, I mean, yes, that is a ro- role reversal because it's a white person being lynched. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually, like historically, historically that is the, a different image. Yeah. So prior to like the character that was that was lynched, like he, we saw him interact. With everybody in that episode. Mm-hmm. And to us, the audience, we think he's a good guy. He seems like he's an upstanding guy. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he's very involved with his family. He has, like, a, like he has friends. He does his job right. Yeah. Right? And he sticks up to what he thinks. Like, he has, like, he seems like a moral character. Right? Yeah. But at the end, he's killed by somebody. Yeah. Why? Is there anything beneath the surface that we're missing well that's the mystery well yeah that is the mystery but i mean well that's what i mean like what like again like perception like what if he's not the person who we think he is perhaps i mean yeah he could like what if it was actually a what if it was actually a justified killing Hmm. maybe i mean yeah there are a couple things in there that we don't know exactly like he does coke and but like is it justified for him to be lynched? Yeah, for doing coke? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> don't do coke, obviously. Um, what I mean, no, then? I don't know. Yeah, I get you. I, I don't I don't know. Is there a scenario where lynching somebody is justified? I mean, he's also the captain of the police and he he's one of the only ones who is public, you know? Yeah. So that could be like Occam's razor kind of shit. But yeah, I mean, you're right. We don't know his his the reason for his death and we're only doing the first episode so of course we're speculating let me move on to the last point that i wanted to talk about what do you think the show is saying about superheroes like i think we kind of talked touched on it a little bit because there is that idea of like the people who actually have unchecked discretion is superheroes at this point are they super i mean they're no one is really super like, no one is really super. So they're just vigilantes? They're just vigilantes. Yeah, the only person who was actually super was fucking Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan. Everybody else is well, just... Well, what about Ozymandias? Isn't he, like, super intelligent? He was super intelligent, but he was just born intelligent. That was it. He just trained and... But no one's actually really super. Yeah. Everyone's just kind of trains a lot, I guess. Compared to another show that's critiquing superheroes boys the boys how does this feel compared to that does this feel more grounded does this feel i don't know more like dealing with i don't know like i th- I feel like to me the boys is grittier like there is kind of like a there is still a little bit more like fantastical elements to them because there is actual superpowers yeah they have superpowers this one feels more like what would happen if none of them were super, but like, you know, there were, there were vigilantes. Yeah. Like, what would happen if a bunch of Batmans existed all over the country? Yeah. Okay. So, which one do you think feels more grounded? Which one do you think? Well, like, I think what are the I differences? Think for different. You? you know, like in terms of like keeping, like there being like a moral gray area, mm-hmm. and also like keeping people in check. Mm-hmm. Like those themes are the same in both, right? Yeah. Well, this one started that. Like, the boys directly. Uh, you were talking to me about semantics? Uh-huh, this sorry. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they both have, like, they both deal with the same thing, but just the boys like, has that supernatural element to it. So it, it does allow for, like, even more comedic. Like, the boys is funny. Yeah. Watchmen is not funny. No. Not really. Not at all. Like, no. there are points of levity, I guess, but it wasn't funny. Yeah. So I think they're just different shows that are dealing with similar topics, but approach it in very different ways. You know, but what's what's funny is, like, I feel like the subject matter of the boys is darker, but because of the tone, it doesn't feel as dark. Whereas this one, that's the... 
I mean, it, it, this feels way darker because it's like the tone and like the world, like it's 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 dealing with a lot more issues. And I think I can't. I don't know which one I like better. Yeah, I mean, but it's also dealing with perception. Both are dealing sure. with perception. Yeah. Like in in the boys, like they're given a god. Like superheroes are given a godlike status. Yeah. Because they're like the public is told that they're gods. Yeah. And I think the difference for the boys is that it directly engages with like the idea that they're all bullshit, that all yeah. the superheroes are bullshit. Versus in this one, there's kind of a reverence to them. Like I think the people they who take knew, themselves seriously. Yeah, but like people take them seriously. I mean, the public and the boys also take superheroes seriously. Hmm. Yes, you're right. But it is true that. In Watchmen, the vigilantes are actually working. Yeah. And they're trying to do what they think is right. Yeah. They Whereas do th- in The Boys, it's all a pony show. Like, yeah. it's all, like, it's all a like, farce. It's all um, Epicureanism. Like, they're chasing their wildest desires. Like, they're all heathens. Like, they're yeah. all just chasing their wildest mm-hmm. desires. And any show of, like, them fighting crime is this like a self-serving or yeah stage it's all exactly. stage yeah yeah this one yeah i agree that one feels more like a superheroes are corporate versus this one still feels like they're on the ground yeah you know like it doesn't feel like they're not like corporate superheroes and now i mean there are corporate I mean, superheroes there are corporate superheroes in watchmen ish because we saw the story i don't know if that's like they're working together, but we did see that like American hero story thing, yeah. which you know kind of suggests like the the meta, the meta textual elements involved. But Watchmen has always had that because there was like the guy who reads like the comic, which is supposed to be like a similar allegory. But okay, so the last thing I want to talk about, and we can end on this. Do you think Alan Moore would like this and like his idea, like if he had put up up away all his ideas of like I hate. That these motherfuckers are taking my shit. Do you think he would like this? And do you think that this show suffers from being an IP? Like, does it is it weighed down by that? So the reason I asked the last bit, in the same way that we were trying to understand, like if the boys is a critique of superhero shows, even though it's wrapped up in these kind of like hypocrisies where like it's an amazon show critiquing a disney thing essentially Mm -hmm. this is a superhero show critiquing other superheroes you know what i mean like it's and it's still something that's within a very profitable ip it's not much different is what i'm saying yeah it's still about superheroes and vigilantes yeah but it's trying to think that it's not yeah right like it's trying to pretend that it's not yeah it's, it's trying up. to differentiate itself. Yeah, but it's. It, I don't think you could ever escape it. It's a. What is it? It's. it's the Dark world. Knight versus. The Avengers. Sure. No? Huh? What? I don't think the Dark Knight is critiquing superheroes. I think. No, what no, I'm saying but is. But in like, terms of, like, differentiating itself. Like, the Dark Knight. Like, the. the, the no, Christopher Nolan movies are, like, different. Yeah, it's still but... about a superhero, but it's different. Mm, okay. Whereas, like the Avengers are like sanitized, yeah, like family shit. friendly. Okay. Well, the what I what I meant more was more along the lines of like, how can you, you know, claim to be different if you're still working within something that's already established? Like, how can you claim to mm-hmm. be this like whole new thing where you're still working within something that's already established? What I'm saying is, like, this exists as something that is in line with the other properties, but it is different, even though it is part of that lineage. It's different because it is dealing, like, it's it's a more, like, it sounds so shitty to say, but it is, like, a more artful depiction instead of, like... I don't know, like, I think what what these shows are starting to show, like the Fargos, the Legions, the stuff that deal with 
IP, but like deal with it in like a new way. I think that those shows. I mean, I don't know. It feels it feels weird that like. That's what's good now. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's weird that like we've come full circle that like the stuff that we already like that's IP and beloved. You have to reinvent it in order to like it again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it almost mm-hmm. feels like if this feels like new ground, right? Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, it's just like you're still just leaning on old ground. To it's still an HBO ground. show. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. This it's is, still an adaptation. Well, not an adaptation. Sure. But. Uh, yeah. It's still inspired by something else. I guess what I'm just, ultimately <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like, this feels new, but it's definitely still tied to something that isn't. Yeah. Also, like, are there merchandising opportunities? Yeah. It's true. Do you think that this show would be, or you would be as excited about this show if it didn't have anything to do with Watchmen? No, I don't. I don't think so. So, so this is this is. I'm glad you went there because this is kind of what I was wanted to head toward. I, what did you ask me? Do you think you'd be as excited about this show? If- no, because I think the show, knowing what it is and like what it comes from, kind of primes me for what to expect because it's Watchmen and because it's Damon Lindenoff I know that I'm gonna have to like it's gonna demand more of me as an audience Mm -hmm. you know like I why you know like before Watchmen which is like this kind of like imprint of comics that tried to like explain it tried to do like a whole prequel thing for Watchmen that to me didn't feel the same it didn't feel like they took their time with it it felt like they were just trying to cash out a money grab exactly and this one feels more like it's taking its time and kind of exploring everything and like i guess what i'm trying to say is like there are ways to play with ip in meaningful ways mm-hmm. and that sounds so douchey to say but i think the examples we already talked about fargo legion logan like these these are already dealing with ip but they're dealing with it in a new way and i think part of that is probably giving it to like quote unquote these auteurs mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to be auteurs but like you know dealing with it treating it with like respect respect i don't know like respecting the source material doesn't have to be so like it's not even about that it doesn't have to be so like conventional <laughs> does that make sense yeah because i think the joker is kind of both of those things like, it is doing something new with it, but also not, you know? But it's still, like, a money grab. Like, it's still a cash grab. Yes. So, I you think know, that like one HBO ultimately... Is bank- HBO is banking on fans like you, who, yes. wa- like, who are in love with Watchmen, yes. to watch the show also. Yes. This is true. Like, it's... it's That's that's what you're trying to get at, too, right? Like, yeah. it's just, like, it's all part of the system. Well, I think that there is kind of, I mean, I don't know if that's duality, but there is kind of this like dual nature to things that I think that the show is fascinated by. And I think the show is both a money grab, it can be a money grab, and it can be like this artful depiction of something. Mm-hmm. It is both of those things to me. Is, are you excited to see oh, where the okay, show goes? Okay. Before I forget. So, the critique of the show is that a bunch of fucking like fanboys were calling this like wokesman like this is some sjw bullshit like i can't believe that they're like pandering to like all the social justice stuff and it's just like you know it's it's hilarious because like it almost feels like they paid for that advertising to kind of coincide with the ideology of like the seventh calvary or something you know what i mean like it is it kind of only heightens the show for me (laughs) it only makes me want to watch it more like there's like dissenters yeah it don't like I think I think so when I first found out that like Rorschach was going to be used, his ideology was going to be used to kind of fuel this like, you know, white nationalist neo-Nazi group. I was just like, that's so fucking smart. That's one of the smartest uses of that character. And like now that like people have come out because I used to kind of not idolize him, but like I really admired Rorschach. Mm -hmm. But like I thought about him. like, Yeah, you know what? He was kind of an asshole, and he was, like, he said some fucked up shit. And, of course, the people who got mad were just like, how could they do that to Rorschach kind of shit? And it's just like, no, dude, he was always that. Yeah. You just never saw it. So, yeah, I think it's funny that 
I mean, they can't they can't even pay for that kind of publicity. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it's bad. I mean, isn't this also like like nerddom, like fandom? Yeah. Right, like this also deals with like what's going on in terms of like incels, right? Like for sure, Gamergate and like only a certain amount of like only a certain type of person is a fan of these things. Yeah, of course. Right, or even just like like the kind of person that would say, "Oh, I love Watchmen," would probably also say, "I really love uh, Fight Club." Yeah, or like I watch a lot of like you know like Sargon of Akkad videos or fucking. Prager U or Steven Crowder, like all these, there's so many similarities in these ideologies. And I think the show smartly points to these similarities and ties them up in a good way. And it, I don't know, it deals with a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I, <sighs> this is like one of those shows where. I would probably not be, I like, I'm not, I'm looking forward to, but I'm also not, like, I'm dreading. It's a lot of work. It's so much work. Like, yeah. I, my brain has to be on yeah. when I'm watching the show. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't want to do that. You yeah. know that I like to have just mindless fun when I watch yeah. television. Hey, dude, do you like to have fun? I like to have fun. Dude. I am the funnest. Oh, my God. No, but, yeah, like, I'm yeah. looking, I'm really looking forward to it, but I'm also, like, dreading all of the work that I'm going to have to do in terms of, like, really interpreting what the show is trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to put it. And with that, we'll go into the ratings. What do you give it? You go we, first. We've already talked about it too much, so we don't have to explain it. I'm going to go... Five. Whoa, you give it a five? Straight up five, yeah. Perfect? It's a five, yeah. We didn't even talk about the music or the acting or the costumes. Everything was great. Everything was amazing. The fucking design of uh, Looking Glass, fantastic. He's a new Rorschach, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then the music, like the kind of like slasher horror thing going mm-hmm. on. Trent Reznor. But like sci-fi, like futuristic. Yeah. just and, and then also like, why the fuck is it in Oklahoma? I love that it's in Oklahoma. This is, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like, so much of it is like, let's get away from it, from the original source material. Yeah. But it also, like, it's, I mean, it, it's why, like, race is at the forefront because of, like, historically what it has meant yeah. to black people in the United yeah. States. I didn't know that it would be this good. But, yeah, it really, it really worked for me. I go five. Oh, five. Where do you go? I'll do hmm, 4.5, maybe 4.8. Four go point, higher. Go higher? Oh. Go higher. Oh, ox. Yeah, okay. So I five also? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I think in terms of like production value so like there's just so much that can be like and we can keep talking about this show probably forever yeah and we just watched one episode i just i didn't give it a perfect score because there are gonna be days where i'm not gonna want to watch the show because hmm. it's gonna be so much work yeah that's never gonna be me <laughs> all right i think the show will get renewed i think this might be their next big thing i think so too because it's i mean well, actually, I don't know. I don't know because so then this is off the heel, like, off the heels. Is that the, the uh, saying? Game off, of Thrones. Yeah, of Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones was a smart show, but also not, not that smart. That smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was very easy to like get into. Like as just a general watcher, it was easy to get into and be like, okay, yeah, I understand. You know, like. It was complicated in, like, the characters, like, in the connections with the characters. But in terms of themes, it wasn't that complicated. It wasn't Game asking... Game of Thrones? Yeah, like, it, uh, it wasn't asking, like, big... Yes, it was. It's big questions of morality. But, like, in terms of, like, race and what's going on now... Oh, no. Like, it was very easy to, like, separate... It was separate more... Separate yourself, like, separate yeah. yourself from the universe, right? And separate like... society from the universe. Yeah. Whereas this show, like, you're in it. Yeah. You know, like, you can see yourself being a person in this show. Yeah. And, like, what what are the choices that you would make as a person in this show? Yeah. And so I think 
I don't know if it's going to be as big as Game of Thrones. I mean, I didn't say that. I just said it's going to be the next big thing. I did not say it was going to be Game of Thrones big, but I think it will be f- relatively big. So I say five, six seasons. This is this is the most I've ever given. By yeah, the way. that's a lot of seasons. I don't really give that much. You know what? How no. many seasons was Leftovers? I'm going to say four. Max. I'm going to say three. Four max. Leftovers was three. I'm going to say three. Hmm. Anything else? Uh, no. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you listened, I love you. Rate us five stars. Peace. Am I Dr. Manhattan? Why? Because I have a big dick. <laughs> <laughs>